Hey, it's Greg Allen from the Electrician Success Academy. Did you know that we had a free social media app for electrical business owners? If you go over to the App Store or Google Play, you'll be able to download the Electrician Success Academy and join into the conversations and learn a bit more about what the Academy is all about. It's about helping you succeed in business and this one's there for you for free. So go over, download that from the App Store and we look forward to seeing you there. So in terms of like support from the government, so they've got these stimulus packages out at the moment. Can you just run us through a couple of those and and how they're going to help those businesses using those examples. So let's let's say a heavily impacted, medium impacted and low impacted business. Sure. So there's been three government stimulus packages announced and they really um, apply to most businesses. So I'll step through the, the pretty key ones. The big one that was announced was the pay-as-you-go withholding for employers and this can affect all businesses. So basically um, anybody that has an employee, um, the government is going to give them 100% of the pay-as-you-go withholding on their employee salaries from March through till June. Um, now, that's going to be a minimum $20,000 payment, maximum $100,000 rebate that these businesses are going to be able to access. So, the way that it works is if you have employees, even if you don't withhold tax on their salary, so if they, they're below the threshold, when you lodge your March and your June um, pay, uh, business activity statements, the ATO is going to give you a credit to your business activity statement account. So that's going to be a minimum $10,000 credit when you lodge your March BAS um, if your pay-as-you-go withholding is less than $10,000. If your pay-as-you-go withholding is between ten and $50,000, then they're going to give you a dollar-for-dollar dollar rebate. If your pay-as-you-go withholding is more than that $50,000, then they just cap you out at that fifty grand. So the first credit's going to hit with the lodgement of the March BAS yep. and the second one is going to be hit with the lodgement of the June BAS. So if you didn't use all of your cap in the first spot, you'll get a top up in the second. There's also a second stage to this. So you're going to get a second credit to your um, integrated client account equal to the first one um, in July and October. October, they're going to split it out over those periods. So there's no requirement in that second grant where they're calling it a cash boost payment um, to actually have any staff. So businesses that have to go into that hibernation period are still going to get the benefit of um, this second cash boost payment as long as they remain active and they don't sort of shut down completely. Sure. Um, so while this is a, a credit to the integrated client account, if your account is in credit after your buses have been paid for, so if you've got any GST on there, you can actually get a refund of that into your bank account. So a lot of small huh. businesses that don't have any pay-as-you-go withholding are going to get a minimum $20,000 paid to them from the ATO, which will be a huge help in these times. Do you need to be uh, have an employee? So, for instance, if you're a sole trader and you're paying yourself directors, dividends or drawings, is that going to be a problem or is there a way around that? Or yeah, no, this is where um, there was a lot of controversy when this one came out because unfortunately it only covers those that have people on their payroll. Um, so entities, I know a lot of them do tra you know, trade through a trust or through a company where you take distributions or dividends. Uh, for this stimulus package, you actually fall outside of those rules so you don't get that back. This one's purely aimed at keeping employees employed, um, which is why they've, they've based it on having a pay-as-you-go withholding. Um, now, for this, you have to have been active before the 12th of March. When we say active, you have to have had an ABN and had a revenue transaction before between 1 July 18 and uh, 12th of March, which is basically stopping people 
propping Starting up these entities now. <laughs> yep, yep, all these, all these measures. The other thing that the ATO has come out and said is they're going to be watching very, very closely for people who suddenly have the need to register for pay-as-you-go withholding or for like those that take dividends or distributions who change the characteristics of those payments. So if you're a plumber that's always worked through a, a trust entity and you've always taken dividend, uh, distributions, if you now go back and start drawing a wage from the beginning of this year, what the ATO said that they're going to do is they may go back in previous years and look at those distributions you took, make you pay superannuation on them, make you pay pay as you go withholding. Yep. So there's some real structured things here about not doing something for the sole benefit um, of um, getting this cash boost payment. Sure. Um, now that's just to say that you can't take on employees now. So I've had an electrician call me and say he wants to take on a casual. He'll still qualify for that payment for the third party. It'll just be more about related party and it is that they're going to pick up. Okay, so I've got an example of one of our clients in the academy. They said that their wife started with them in February and they started to pay that, but they hadn't registered for pay to go withholdings yet because they hadn't got to the BAS period. What's the, what's the likelihood of that becoming a problem? Sure. So... Technically, they should have registered for pay-as-you-go withholding the minute she started drawing a salary or a wage. Now, you can still go and register and you can backdate it. Um, we used to be able to do that online. However, since the introduction of this measure, you now actually have to call the ATO and apply to them over the phone. So if you explain to them what the circumstance is yeah, and they, they find that genuine, then yes, they'll let that through. Um, so there is going to be circumstances where there are going to be new registrations and there are going to be circumstances like that where you would have to go back. Um, but the ATO is going to definitely be querying as to what the, the, the dominant purpose to do that was. And if it's something other than getting this cash boost, then that's completely fine. Yeah, so not like the person started in February and then in April they finished working Correct. for them. Yes, yeah, and that's like that. the thing. If you do put someone on payroll, especially if they are um, related, you're going to have to do that for the long haul. You're going to have to think about superannuation consequences, work cover consequences. You know, there are quite a few things. It will have to be ongoing. Otherwise, the ATO will pick it up and, and definitely come back and claw that money back from you. Yep, definitely. Cool. Good point, sir. Thank you. So what are some of the other stimulus packages that we need to be aware of? Yep, so the next big one is the job seeker versus job keeper payment, and they were two different payments that were announced at different times. So I'll talk about the job uh, keeper one first because that's the big one that everyone's buzzing about. Yep. Basically what this is is if your business has had a 30% downturn in revenue, um, and we are still getting clarification about how all this works because the legislation's not out yet, but the way it intends to work is if your business has had a revenue drop of uh, more than 30% if you earn under something's 50 50 million or 50 billion ridiculous amount um most small businesses if it's 30 percent drop in revenue yeah. um then you are going to get 1500 dollars per employee per fortnight um and um what that is is basically a payment that you pass through to your employee so for instance if your employees are all on stand down so you're not working at all all employees will get the 1500 dollar payment if your business is up and running, even though it still has that 30% reduction in revenue, um, if your employee earned less than $1,500 per fortnight before, you will pass that whole amount through to them. So they're effectively getting a pay rise pay to $1,500. Yeah. Um, if your employee was earning more than $1,500 per fortnight, you basically continue to pay them the same amount um, if they're doing the same hours. Um, and then you will just have you know, the first $1,500 of that payment subsidized. You would just pay the top up. A yep. couple of things to realize with this. Um, 
if your employees are on stand down, you don't have to pay superannuation guarantee on this payment. However, if, you're busy, if your employees are working, you pay super on what we call their ordinary times earnings. Yep. So for the employee that was earning $1,000 before this payment, you would just pay them super on the $1,000. The top up of $500 does not get it. For your employee that earns more, you just pay super on the whole thing as per normal. Um, so that's a great one to keep people employed. However, going to what we were talking about before, this payment actually also extends to sole traders, um, to those going through trusts and those going through companies or partnerships. So the advice that we're getting, and we, we are still waiting on the legislation, but the Treasury documents so far say that you can nominate one individual if you are going through a trust, a partnership or a company to get this JobKeeper payment. So if you're a husband and wife team working in a, a trades business through a trust, one of you could get the JobKeeper payment okay. if you have that 50% reduction in revenue. And if is that include dividends and drawings? Um, yeah, so, yeah, so basically you would just get the $1,500 payment as a, you know, the salary or the wage for that job keeper and you would pass that through. So you'd need to speak to your um, tax accountant at the end of the year about how you would work dividends and drawings with that because that job um, keeper payment is taxable. So there needs to be some tax planning happening um, if you're going to be taking dividends and drawings as well. Sure. Um, so that JobKeeper payment is expected to come in from the 1st of May. Um, they actually need to recall Parliament to get them to push this through because they suspended Parliament and sent them all home. Um, so our advice to people at the moment is don't do anything until the legislation is passed. So I know people are talking about already paying their employees $1,500 because they know this payment is going to be back paid. Um, we're just saying hold steady for now. 1st of May, it should be passed and being paid. It will be backdated to the 30th of March. So if that's the case, you can just make that pass that payment through to employees sort of as, sort of as a catch up. Yeah, sure. And we don't know yet how much, like how does that negative 30% calculated? Yeah, and that's the hard part. What they have said to start with is it's going to be this period compared with this period last year. So either if you're a quarterly Baz Lodger, it'll be this year, the March quarter quarter or the June quarter compared to the same quarter last year. Now, we know that's going to cause some problems for some people, you know, startups that weren't around this time last year, or there might be some extenuating circumstances, you could have bought another firm. So what the um, Treasury has come out and said is they're going to give the ATO, so the Commissioner, um, powers of, of um, deliberation. So he's going to be able to make you know, have, have some tests and some rules. So I think the commission is waiting for the legislation to come out and then he'll sort of advise if there's extenuating circumstances, you know, how he's going to sort of judge. They've also said there will be an element of um, leeway given to, to businesses that predict they're going to have a drop in 30% and then that may not exactly be the case. Obviously, for anyone that's shut their doors for a period of time, they will probably automatically be accepted. Um, but you just need to be really mindful. At the moment, they're just asking for um, expressions of interest on the ATO website. So if you Google ATO and JobKeeper, register if you think you're going to be eligible for this payment, and then they will give you some more details once they know what the parameters of that are. Yeah, okay. So say if you said, I'm going to apply for this, um, I feel like we're going to have a drop and then you don't, you're probably likely going to have to pay it back. Is that the case? I think depending on how much of the drop is going to be. So if you think, if you're forecasting and you make a reasonable forecast based on, you know, the first few weeks of, of April, um, that you're going to have that drop and, you know, there's only a 20% drop, not a 30% drop, that might be tolerable. If you go and claim the payment and say there's going to be a 30% drop and you make a 10% increase, 
I think you're going to have to definitely pay it back. So, yeah. um, again, we're waiting for all the information about that. It's all, you know, we've got a three-page document that we're going off at the moment, so there's not too much information in there, but we know the gist of it. Yeah, sure, cool. All right, thanks for that. That's good, cleared that one up with for a lot of people, I'm sure. So what's the, another one? Yep, so the other one to this is the job seeker. So basically, the job seeker was introduced first, um, and Centrelink got absolutely swamped, which is why they introduced the job keeper one, basically moving the Centrelink job to employers to pay people. So what job seeker is, is basically for anybody that doesn't have a connection with an employer anymore, um, that has been let go and, and won't get their job back once the corona pandemic is over. So what that is, is they've made some tweaks to the job seeker payment, which is the old new start or, or the Dole program. Basically, it was $500 um, per fort before. They've increased it to $1,100 a fortnight, so it's basically doubled. Um, they've also stopped the um, asset test. So before, you used to have to like drain your bank accounts and, and not have any savings. They used to take into account investments and other things you had. They've stopped doing that, and they now base it purely on income. So your income and the income of your partner. The other good thing that they've done is they've raised the partner threshold. So before... Um, if your partner earned more than $48,000, you weren't eligible for anything. They've now raised that to $79,000. So if your partner earns $79,000 and less, and you have less than $1,000 a fortnight in income, you'll be eligible for some sort of job seeker payment. Yep. At least $550 a fortnight, possibly up to $1,100. For that one, you have to apply through Centrelink um, and provide them some details. So you need to have a customer reference number if you don't have one of those, you need to do some proof of identity over the phone. Otherwise, if you already have one of those, you just log on to MyGov, link through to Centrelink and do your application online. They're hoping that there'll be a week's turnaround to be able to get that payment. Normally, it's a four-week waiting period, but we do know that the system is completely overloaded at the moment. Totally. Yeah, would be. And um, Yeah, and with the... Um that was a total backfire, wasn't it? They weren't expecting that. Oh, well, oh, you're going to be all right. See you later. And everyone fired their staff at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. So the JobKeeper program has definitely helped bring staff back to employers. I know it saved quite a few jobs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, they're, they're making up things on the run, which you know, obviously we all are at this point yeah. in time. Um, and the situation's evolving. So it'll be interesting to see how the JobKeeper program goes. I think there was 66,000 registrations in the first – expressions of interest in the first day that that was announced. So it'll be growing daily. Yeah. No, that will be. So with the – have you had any of your clients call you up about either of the JobKeeper and JobSeeker with any interesting questions and solutions that you've come up around these so far? Yep, so everyone's asking about the job keeper and because we only have limited information, we don't know exactly how that's going to work. Yep. So I think with the job seeker, what a lot of people are finding is even though the asset test doesn't count, Centrelink is still asking for your assets and all that when you do the application process. So people are finding that a little bit confusing. Um, so I think the key things are definitely document um, your financial performance now and over the few months, have a look at um, how things are moving. So obviously if you've shut up shop and you've had to stand down, we know your revenue is gonna drop, but if you're in business that is still currently going, we've seen some revenue drop, we need to get some sort of things in place as to how we're going to prove the 30%. So you know, look at what's happening this quarter compared to the last this quarter last year. Have a look at extenuating circumstances between now and then. You know, if you've bought a client base, if you've, you know, had anything that we could say to the commissioner, look, 
there is been a downturn because they were on such an upswing, um, you know, we need to sort of get all these things together. So it's definitely about taking the time to get your financial information together, look at your circumstances and have as many records as possible. Yeah, sure. Good tips. Thank you.